think after that, I should probably keep my prayer as short as it could possibly be. Lord, I ask that this unworthy soul would teach something that's of worth to these people from your word of infinite worth. In Christ's name, amen. How are we doing today? Doing good? That's awesome. Survived Christmas, I see. Yeah? Getting anything good? Okay, you know, we're, we're, we're still breathing, right? We got something good, you know? That God is good all the time. All the time. Yeah. So, I titled this lesson, Promises, Promises, Promises. <laughs> um, it's been my uh, pleasure and my honor and my blessing, actually, this past couple of months to be able to, to uh, share a few lessons with you. And um, some of them have gone well. The others never happened. They just weren't there. I, I've gotten to do some new things. I've gotten to do a Thanksgiving lesson. I haven't had the opportunity to do that before. Pastor Mike usually took those. I, I've had the opportunity to do a Christmas lesson. Pastor Mike usually did those. New Year's, been there, done that multiple times. Oh, wait, kids are here. <laughs> this is supposed to be a kid-friendly sermon. I'm sorry. Insert new change of attitude. Hi, how's everybody doing? Welcome to Graceway. Welcome home. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> Isn't that sometimes how we look at New, new Year's? I mean, you, know, you get up this morning and you see all this nice, bright, wonderful snow and some of you weren't thinking, oh, man, some of you were thinking this looks really cool. This is a great, auspicious omen for a new year. It's all nice and bright and white out there, and we completely forget that five minutes from now there's going to be a plow truck coming down the road, and next thing you know, mud and stuff's going to be everywhere, right? Or it's going to start melting, and it's going to start looking really, really ugly, and now, insert change here. You know, like it was that simple. I just want to insert a change into my life. New Year's resolutions. Like life is that simple. Like tomorrow isn't just another day here on planet Earth. It's another day that we get to worship and serve the Lord but it's just another day here on planet Earth. I mean, these resolutions, they, they, they generally tend to start out innocently enough. You know, I could sell that part-time trap, right? Maybe try Mary Kay, Tupperware, anything like that. Trap. Uh, I, you know, if I only learn this particular, you know, programming language skill whatever it is that you may happen to think of, I could make more money. Trap. You know, for the next 10 weeks, if you give a low down payment of $10.99, you, know, you can only pay $10 a month and you can have access to this gym. And you know, we got this gym membership. That looks really, really good. 
trap. You know, that, that, that's, you know, that may have actually started off innocently enough with me, where, you know, I put on a pair of pants, and I said, good golly, these things are so tight, they're squeezing the... Ugh. i got to get that gym membership. i got to lose weight. Trap. Or worst, this is the all-time worst one, honey, how do I look in this dress? Trap. <laughs> then we promise to lose weight. Yeah. Trap. It's not doing it. It's not changing slides. Oh, yeah, it did change slides. Yeah, I found this little gem in Las Vegas. A waffle. <laughs> Fried piece of chicken. Bacon, fried egg, maple syrup, waffle fries, and a Diet Pepsi. Trap. <laughs> Some of the things we make, they're just traps. They're just traps that they're going to disappointment, you know, wind up in disappointment to us. They're going to wind up in disappointment to other people. We never should have made them. We're never going to keep them. We never do. Why? This is the first point that I want to make, because a lot of them, a lot of these New Year's resolutions that we make, they're essentially selfish. You know, we, we make them for selfish reasons sometimes, and we abandon them for selfish reasons sometimes. Or because we just don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, and we just can't keep them for some reason. Then there's the promises that they're not quite so selfish. See, our resolutions, sometimes they say that deep down inside we want to be a better person than what we are right now. We, we sincerely we want to be more decent, more kind, more generous, more spiritual, more fulfilled than we really are, right? Like, like the stories of the, tol, uh, the toy soldiers who wanted to be real. We're no, we know, we know that we're destined to be more than we are. And since we want to be a better person, that means that we have to realize that we fall false. We fall far short, far, far short of being the kind of person we ought to be and should be and want to be. Even though all of us have private areas of our life known only to us and to God, we know that we fall short even if nobody else does. But we don't realize that we make these kinds of resolutions just about every day. And unfortunately, sometimes they have catches attached to them. Like, God, if I get that new job this year, I promise that I will trap. God, if I could only win that mega millions, I'd give half to trap. What are you trying to do, bribe God? 
I mean, we, you know, we realize that we haven't given God our best year this year, so we promise we're going to do better next year. But sometimes we throw in this catch. There's something we want out of this deal. We're not doing it for God's glory. We're doing it essentially for our own, once again. As we try to add a little bit of sweetener there, you know, like God's an ATM machine. You know, you put in the card, you're going to get something out of it. And that's point number two. Sometimes we do foolish things in some kind of vain attempt to bargain with God. Look here, you who say tomorrow, today or tomorrow, we're going to go to a certain town and we'll stay there again. We'll do business there, and we'll make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. James 4, 13 and 14. In short, you know, we want these things so that we can be better than what we are, because we know that we fall short of what we ought to be, but we forget that experience teaches us that we don't have the power to change by ourselves. We don't. You know, we might, through this resolution or that resolution, you know, we might push the battle lines back here or there in our life just a little bit, especially the Battle of the Bulge. But in the end, there, there stands this bitter truth that in ourselves, there's not the power to become the person that we want to be. And we want to be. Is there any doubt about that? The only thing we have to read is Paul struggled with himself when he talks about it in Romans 7. It's a universal human situation. So, you know, very quickly, that was my first two points. But my third point, this is the one that I want to spend the most time on. Because what I want to encourage you to do, especially if you haven't fallen into these traps before, is flip the tables. Flip the table. Don't fall for these traps. Stop making resolutions to yourself, whether or not it's New Year's Day or any other day, that you know you won't or you cannot keep. Instead, review and listen to some of the resolutions and promises that God has made. Because he is never going to change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 4, excuse me, Hebrews 13, verse 8. You know, it, it, it's kind of hard to say that I'm always going to look my greatest and I'm always going to, you know, fit into this particular shirt or this particular size pants when I change every day, whether I realize it or not. But God, on the other hand, he does not change. He says this again in Malachi. For I, the Lord, do not change. He's always thinking about us, which is a really good thing. Okay? I think I have the wrong slide. 
No, I do not. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God, they cannot be numbered. Are there not people in your family that the last time you thought about them was last week? When they called up and said, hi, Merry Christmas. And the last time that you're going to think about them is next year when it's time to send off a Christmas present or a card. He's always thinking about us. Isn't there time, are there not times that, you know, we've, we've, we've thought about ourselves rather than our spouse or our families? Again, selfish reasons. But he's always thinking about us. He's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about us. He didn't have to leave heaven and come down here experienced 30 some odd years as a man, get accused of things that he did not do, get nailed to a tree for it after being beaten severely, and that's putting him mildly. He didn't have to do that for us, but he did it because he loves us, because he's always listening to us, and he always wants the best for us. Hmm. He always listens to us. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. And when I think about this, I'm kind of flabbergasted about that. He's known me for 55 years, and he still listens. I've known my wife for 23 years, and half the time... I don't pay attention to what she's saying. Wait, wait a minute, is this being recorded? <laughs> Nobody's going to tell her that, right? <laughs> He's never too busy for us. He never goes away. He never takes a vacation. When we're in trouble and we think that we're going under, we can be encouraged if we go to him instead of going to ourselves. Because underneath are his everlasting arms. So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so that he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. Isaiah 30, 18. Yeah, he, he still loves us despite our follies, despite all the junk that we did this year that we'd rather forget that we did. He still loves us. He still welcomes us into his courts. He's still happy to see us. He's quick to listen to us when we need help. Why? Because of the redeeming work of Jesus. So that gives us strength. That gives us encouragement. Because if you thought 2017 was bad, there's a really good possibility that 2018 might be worse. I mean, let's face it, you reach my age, and it's all downhill from here. You know? Things are just like on a slide. But I'm always welcome. 
I'm always welcome in my Father's house. I'm always told according to his word that I can go boldly to the throne of our gracious God. I don't have to go in on my hands and knees. I don't have to go in groveling and sniveling. Sniffling, maybe. I've got a cold right now, but sniveling, no. I don't have to do that. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. Mercy, not condemnation, mercy. For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we will find grace to help us when we need it the most, which is when? Every single day, every single minute of every day. Why does he let us do this? If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from our wickedness. Do we get promises like this from anybody else? Can we make promises like this to anybody else? Can, can we make promises like this to ourselves? No. Not really. You know how many gym memberships I've had? <laughs> no matter how many I've used? Yeah. Even less? Okay. I, I, how many things that, you know, I thought maybe, you know, if, I, if God gives me this, everything's going to be a little bit better. Hey, God brought me an iPad. Okay. I mean, I, you know, it was my wife that gave it to me, but it was God that gave the money to my wife to give me the iPad. Right? So, so I don't have to keep, you know, fumbling over which page, you know, I got my, my lesson printed out. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to print my lesson out just in case things happen like, you know, like what just happened and the stupid thing locks on me. Okay. We're not going to get promises. We don't get promises from Apple, do we? Anybody had an Apple that you traded in? Yeah, they promised obsolescence. Okay. Anybody had a new car? We had to trade one in? That guy promised when you bought that car that it was going to last X number of years. And the last of this would be the last car you ever have to buy. I promise you. Right? This, would be the, this is the best iPhone ever. Every single year. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's true. We get these promises, we get these things at the end of the year where people are telling us that, you know, next year will be a better year if only we do this, if only we do that. But my point to you today is simply this. The only way that 2018 is going to get better is if we do this. Why waste our time making promises to ourselves that we know that we're not going to keep? Or by making bargains with God, trying to make bargains with God. For something this year, when instead we ought to be making a promise to rely on His Spirit more. And to turn our face towards Him more. 
Does he not promise to be merciful? You just saw a verse from his word. Is he not promised to be just? Is he not promised to watch over us in the dark hours of the night? When we're dreading the next day, it's one minute before midnight. Tomorrow's coming. It's one minute before midnight. When he watches over us as we're sleeping, as we're going about our day, as we're doing all the foolish things that we should not be doing because sometimes we lose sight of the path. Those promises will be kept. He's promised grace. He's given it to us. Why do we make these promises? There's absolutely nothing left to receive. Nothing. It's all been done. So let's just allow him to give as he sees fit instead of trying to give to him or to ourselves on our own power. Lord, we thank you for this. We thank you for this time that we have together here to worship you today. We thank you for that snow that we had to shovel off our car or out of our driveway. We thank you for the strength to be able to do it, for the breath in our lungs, for the will to be here. We thank you for the word that you gave us so that we might come to know you. We thank you, Lord, for the world that you gave us so that we might come to know you. We thank you most especially for the sacrifice that you made on our behalf so that we might be with you. And in your son's name,